Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She got excited when there was a movie made about her called The Grace Lee Project, Dr. Grace Lee. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode, episode 33. Yes, The Grace Lee Project. That was a movie created, but unfortunately, it was not exactly a movie created about me. It was a movie written and directed by a, a woman named Grace Lee. She was American and from Missouri, and she's she was Korean. And she said that she grew up in Missouri, and at that time, she felt like she was pretty unique because there weren't a lot of Asians in the community where she lived. And then she went, and then as she got older, she ventured out. She went to New York and California, and that's when she started to realize that everybody she met knew another Grace Lee. And it was like, and then as she got older, she realized, wow, she has such a common name. And so she happened to go into movie, uh, film directing, and she created this movie all to ask one question. And the question she asked was, what's in a name? You know, what makes a name a name? Does it affect who we are as people? And so she set out all around the world looking for other people named Grace Lee. And she traveled to meet these women. And so the movie, her, and it's like a DVD format. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix. I doubt it anyway. But she went around meeting all these people named Grace Lee to figure out what are the commonalities behind them. And so I, a friend of mine told me about this film. And of course, because my name is truly Grace Lee, I was born Grace Lee. And he, he tells me about this film and he, he buys me a ticket. It came, it came to Vancouver and I went to see it. And of course, at the end of the movie, the the film organizers went down to the stage and asked, is there anyone in the audience named Grace Lee? And I was the only one that raised my hand. But they called me to the front and then they started to ask me these questions to confirm whether or not the facts that they found about other Grace Lees were true. And it's interesting because it was like, Grace Lees have all these things in common. They have at least a master's degree. They play at least one musical instrument. They have combination skin, you know, normal or normal early and dry skin on their face. Uh, they're Asian descent, immigrant parents. And so they have all these all these commonalities between all these Grace Lees. And that's what she was trying to, it was a humorous approach to answer the question, what's in a name and does it really make a difference? And, and does it really affect the people we become? Because given the name we are, we are. And uh, needless to say, it's interesting because I really checked off the checkbox on on her on her findings in in the movie that I fit the stereotype of what Grace Lee was, and so all my life I I I, I struggled with that name in the beginning because I was also the only I also grew up in a predominantly Caucasian community and I was the only Asian in my high school class, and so I felt I felt like you know, there was, there was an identity crisis, a feeling like I don't belong. Lee is such an Asian name. No one, no one else has that. And of course, you know, after high school, you go to, I go to college and university in, in a big city and now everybody has my last name. And I also, myself, I've met, a, I met several other women named Grace Lee. But yeah, so that is the, that's the driver behind my intro today. So thank you for listening and welcome to another episode. Today, I wanted to talk about Train your brain, and this goes back to my 
my original passions, my original passion of neuroscience. Uh, if you've been following me for a while, listening to my podcast, or maybe you've been watching my videos on YouTube, you know that I have a PhD in neuroscience. And neuroscience was a was a passion of mine ever since I was in grade school. And in, in when I was eight years old, my, my mother passed away for, from brain trauma. She was in, we were in a car accident as a family and she was driving and it was a head-on collision. She was in a coma and she passed away from severe brain trauma. And receiving that news, I was in the children's hospital. I was severely injured, but I survived and I fully made a full recoverment, a full recovery. And it was a miracle really. But when I received the news that it was a brain injury, I didn't understand it as a, at the time as a child, but I, I was really, I was really just bewildered. I was confused at why hospital hospitals couldn't help her. And as time went on and I, and I got older, it it really it, it really became clear to me how much we don't know about the about the human body and especially about the brain. And and because of this personal connection I have with brain trauma, with my mom passing away, and for myself, my injuries out of that car accident was I nearly suffered a spinal cord injury, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't injure my spinal cord. I dislocated my vertebrae, and there were some fractures in in my in my cervical vertebrae as well. So it was a neck injury. I broke my neck basically, and I I, I came so close. I came so close to becoming a quadriplegic. And so I, I personally had a lot of connections in neuroscience and limitations of our healthcare on brain and central nervous system. And so that's really what seeded my interest in neuroscience and why I pursued neuroscience, both in my master's degree and my PhD. And so that's that's really what's fueling my motivation to talk about training your brain because really if if you if you've read a bit about the brain and some of that those popular books out there on on brain and cognition and and learning and and brain habits you know the the pop popular culture and society we always talk about how do you train your brain can you train your brain and is it too late to train your brain am i too old to learn new things and those topics are very common and so today, in in line to with my in line with this podcast about career revisionists, I want to talk about some things that you could do in your daily life that you can incorporate and implement in your daily life where you train your brain towards achieving the success that you want in your career. And some of these concepts maybe you've heard before, but maybe not quite in this way. And the science says that our brains are quite flexible and they're more flexible than you might think, even in the aging brain. And a long time ago, I guess not that long ago, but a long, long enough ago, scientists believed in their findings that brain cells could not be regenerated. Once they died, then it was like a limited number and you were born with so much and if they died and they naturally do because there's there's a lot of changes happening in the brain all the time, then you would not be able to regenerate new brain cells. But now with the advancements of neuroscience research and brain research and into cognition and brain imaging technology, the findings are that our brains, even in older adults, are more flexible than we thought. And there's a concept called neuroplasticity where our brains are able to adapt to changes in the environment and the micro environment of the brain, 
even when there are challenges due to aging brain that naturally occur, there are challenges in the microenvironment of the cells inside your brain that our brains are able to adapt to those changes. So there's, but there's things that we got to do and the adaptation that our brains have to change it in the microenvironment. The adaptation is facilitated and it is improved upon depending on our life experiences. So if we continue to challenge ourselves, if we continue to engage in active activities that challenge ourselves and that continue to use our cognition and and to put ourselves in the stretch zone where we're continuously improving and, and, and trusting our ability to be able to adopt and learn new things, if we engage in activities like that, it really encourages and maintains that health in our brains, our healthy brains. So what I wanted to do was to give you five simple habits that you can do to continue along that vein of maintaining good mental health. And the first one is to start strong. And what I mean by that is really the way that you start your day sets the tone for how you continue and how you carry on your day. So you want to start your morning in a state of peace and gratitude and commitment to your goals. And this is... And, and this is really, this is really important because if you don't do this, if, or if you, if you don't do this or you don't spend a moment to do this, then a lot of times when things happen and things come up in your day, which is inevitable, right? Things happen. Things don't happen. Things always derail your expectations or don't turn out the way you expect. Then you end up being more reactive. But if you start out If you start strong, if you start in a state of peace and gratitude, then you start out with a foundation where you have more flexibility to handle things that are that are that are thrown at you. And the key to do that is to bring enthusiasm, to bring in enthusiasm and having enthusiasm is stronger than your willpower. Because, I mean, have you had those moments where you knew you need to do something and you knew that there was a deadline to which you want to do it or there was some looming deadline or or something that and then and then as you're approaching the deadline other things come in your way and you end up not doing them or you end up procrastinating them and so the thing is with willpower willpower really really depends on you feeling like doing it and the problem with feeling like it or waiting like you're going to feel like doing it is that it may never happen because the difficult, the more difficult things, the more challenging things in your career that you need to accomplish, the goals that you need to meet are going to be comprised of things that you don't always feel like doing, but you know they're going to get you to, towards your goal. And so that's why willpower is a very difficult thing. to. It's a really tricky thing to count on. You know, if you're going to wait till you feel like something, that moment may never come. But if you bring in enthusiasm, the enthusiasm connected to your goals, if you bring that in and you start your morning right in that in that mental state, in that state, start it strong in that state, then it's easier to bring that enthusiasm in everything you do in that day. And enthusiasm will make you, will help you to feel like doing it. Right? If you bring in that enthusiasm and you remember the reasons why you're there, the reasons why you're on that journey in the first place. Connect back to that reason, the why you're doing it, and it'll help you to reinvigorate that enthusiasm, which is a lot stronger than the willpower to do it. The second thing, and and, and the second thing is to feed your mind. Right? Feeding, you want to feed your mind 
And feeding your mind will help bring that enthusiasm too. So read broadly. And one thing that I do that has helped me for many years, for many, many years, is that I commit every day to read 10 pages. 10 pages of something. And okay, so I, I don't subscribe to, you know, I, I read a lot of books. And it's not just because I went through university. I'm not counting the textbooks and the, and the novels that I was assigned to read because it was an English class or it was part of the curriculum. I'm talking about books that I read outside of the ones that are assigned to me. Reading is a great way to fuel your mind. It, it gives you, it gives, it broadens your knowledge. It opens your mind to things, to thoughts and beliefs that you never knew were possible. And when you have many choices, right? When you, many choices, and you hear inspiring stories, and you have a broader knowledge, you you have more resources uh, resources available to you to solve problems. You have more resources available to you to know what's possible in the realm of controlling your own mind, controlling your perceptions of something, and formulating thoughts and beliefs. It gives you greater self-awareness, right? So feeding your mind is extremely important. And 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 so one thing I've done was I could commit myself to read 10 pages every day. And when you do that, it sounds like it could sound like a lot or it could sound like very little. But here's the thing. Let's assume that the average book is 200 pages. If you read just 10 pages a day, that means you can finish 18 to 20 books in one year. And that's, that's powerful. One year you do 20 and some books are shorter than that. Say a book is only 100 pages. Then you, do, then you read 21 books or 23 books. You add that up in a lifetime, all that knowledge you can gain all that knowledge. But if you don't do this and you're just trying to read a book cover to cover, one book at a time, it seems very daunting. It feels very daunting and it's really hard to keep up. And there sometimes so, and then so there's that. And then there's also books that you can you can have, but you don't how do you how do you say this? You don't you don't read them cover to cover every single word on that page, but they serve as references. They serve as references to you when you're trying to solve a problem or when you're trying to create something and you know you have that reference and so so it's about reading it's about reading but you when you're in the process of reading you're not trying to get through every single every single word and you're also not trying to get through the book as fast as you can what you're trying to do when you're reading the book is draw out from from that resource things that you can implement right away and things that you can act on right away because once you act upon them and it could mean like you do what the author suggested it could also mean you take a concept and you teach it to someone else that's still acting upon it because once you act upon it that's when you truly learn and that's when you truly have internalized what you just read that's the most powerful way to read a book and 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 I know that, I mean, sometimes it's really easy to, when you have this reading list and people are recommending books to you and your reading list just grows and grows and it's growing really quickly, you kind of just want to get through books as as soon as you can. And then it turns out to be, you just want to get through it and you're in a hurry to get through the material. But the problem is when you do it that way, you're not letting the material get through to you. So that's why adopting this 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 concept, when you're committed to feeding your mind then that's when you really do internalize what you're reading. And that's what, that's, what, that's what the focus is. So the next thing is, another thing you can do for training your brain, the next thing is something I call the big three. 
And every morning when I start my day, I write out the big three. And what that means is that what are three things that you can do today? So you got up, you start the morning strong, and then you write out your big three. Three things that you could do today to move you closer to your worthwhile and meaningful career goals. I write out those three, and, and you, I don't just choose any three. The three, the big three that you choose are literally the big three. That if you spend time and you knock three those three goals down in the day, in today, they also help you to accomplish other goals easier, or they make other goals irrelevant or they knock them down at the same time. So they're actually the big three, right? So they are that significant of a goal and they can be accomplished because I've reverse engineered down to what I need to do today. It's not that you have to do the entire year of goals in one day. It's that you have a plan for yourself and you know what you need to do today in every waking moment. And you write down three actions you take today to get to those worthwhile goals. So that's another thing. Train your brain to start strong in the morning, to feed your mind with knowledge, read broadly, read in depth as well, let the material work on you and write out your big three. You know, those are things you can do to train your brain, to get into that habit of doing these these things, to train your brain for success. The next thing is strategic scheduling. To be successful, you need to produce high quality work. But high quality work is a function of your time spent and your intensity of focus. Time spent times your intensity of focus, and that's high quality work. So time spent is really important and intensity. So the amount of time and the intensity. And the the way to accomplish that is that you need to schedule your dedicated work time and schedule it during parts of the days where you are most alert and where you're most creative. And that's the only way that you can make sure that you have uninterrupted, uninterrupted time to do your best work. And that's strategic scheduling. You're not just chunking out the day, you're blocking them out strategically so you know that that's where you're, you're at your best. You perform your best at that time, whatever that time is for you. So that's being strategic on how you use your time. And in that time, you make sure everyone knows not to disturb you because you're not going to answer emails, you're not going to answer the phone, you're not going to accept any knocks on the door. And therefore, you just focus. All you have is to focus on your best work. And you know there's a beginning and end to that. So it's not going to go on forever and you do it strategically. What is your attention span? Do it strategically. And every day you can increase that. You can work up to something higher than what it is now. But as long as you have that scheduling in place, then you are in control of your time, right? And you're training, you're training yourself to expect every day to have this time at, when you're at your best to be working and your dedicated work and you're producing high quality work. So train, train yourself to get used to that. And expect it because it's, I mean, it's a self-fulfilling process, prophecy. Once you do that and you repeat this process over and over again, what comes out of that is high quality work, something you can be proud of. And when you're proud of it, then you want and you feel accomplished. And if you feel accomplishment, you want more. So you will want more. And it's so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you just keep stacking on it, success upon success. So the next thing is to focus on your unique ability. Your unique ability are your strengths and the things that you are absolutely great at. Because, and, and this is important. I mean, it, now when you hear it, it might sound obvious, but it's not that obvious because most often we focus on our weaknesses because it's what we're taught to do as children. We're always taught to improve your weaknesses. You know, when you're, when you're in grade school, 
when you're in grade school, you get these report cards, and on the report cards, you have you know your student teacher meetings where your parents they go to they go to meet with your teacher and they talk about your report card, and the teachers always point out areas of improvement. Right? Look at the report card. This is where your child is doing really well. Okay, so we'll leave that alone. This is where your child is weak. You know, they are not. They're not doing so well in this subject, or they're they're not doing so well in this area. So then, there's a game plan the teacher works on your parents, work with your parents to improve your weaknesses. And this is just the way the system goes, right? The way the school system is, and for years this happens. So we're we're taught to focus on our weaknesses, but the problem is that humans, as a human, you only do things if you feel like it. And who feels like working on their weaknesses, especially if it's you're weak at it because you don't really enjoy it, or you're weak at it because it doesn't it doesn't light you up inside, right? So so one of the biggest lies most of us were taught growing up is that we need to work on our weaknesses. And and the re- here's why it's a lie because if you work on your weaknesses, and you do this for years and years and years, by the end of your lifetime, what you're going to have is a lot of decent weaknesses. Because right? you're not going to feel like working on it, especially if it's if something you hate, even take that to the extreme, or something you're just not quite passionate about, but you're just doing it because you have to. Because you were told that if you don't work on it, then you're not a, you're not a good human being or, or, or you're not successful. So you work on it. But because you don't quite like it, the knowledge coming from that is going to be harder to internalize. Or it's going to be taking you, it's going to take you a lot more time to get to get to excellence, to master that, to master something you hate takes a lot of persistence, perseverance, and patience. And most people don't have that. It's quite daunting. So what you end up with is just a decent weakness. But take the converse of that. If you focus on your strengths instead, you'll be truly exceptional and you can live to your full potential. So if you focus on your strengths, you get better faster. It'll give you a sense of accomplishment. It'll give you confidence and it'll also fuel you to do more. So it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy. You feel confident, you feel accomplished. And if you love it and you're good at it, focus on that. Focus on that because that's where you can add the most value and you get better at it a lot faster as well. So focus on your unique ability. Train your brain to train your brain to give yourself that permission to focus on your strengths and just to get to hone that because it's easier to achieve mastery and achieve excellence in something that you're good at rather than something that you're just very weak at. So those are things that you can do to train your brain, to start your morning strong, feed your mind, read broadly, read every day. The big three, writing that down every morning, strategically scheduling your time so that you're doing dedicated work and producing high quality work and focusing on your unique ability. So I hope this was helpful. I invite you to subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. If you're not an Apple's user, just visit careerrevisionist.com and you can find me on your favorite podcast platform. If you have questions on this topic or on others, feel free to leave me a review. I, I read every single one of the reviews. Your reviews are very important to me. Ask me a question there as well and I'd be happy to answer it in my next podcast. I listen to all my, my reviewers' comments and I'm always happy to pick a question uh, from my listeners to answer that in my next podcast.